the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Lot was indeed a righteous man vexed in his soul, said Peter, for the lost. Still, there were choices to be made, and he wasn't so good at that choice-making part of it all. That's what we're looking at next, here today on Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stan. Grace Bible Church in Hayward, online at grace-bible.com. Hi, welcome to today's broadcast of Way of Grace. Well, our time together today brings us back to Genesis 19, verses 1 through 17, a message that Pastor Jesse has simply called, Mercy is Knocking. It's a look at the life of Lot, those choices made by Lot, the wrath of God that is sure, but even equally sure is his wonderful mercy for sinners. Join us for today's broadcast of Way of Grace. Once again, Pastor Jessica Stand. Lot is completely wrapped up in a problem, in my opinion. And the problem is this. Lot is actually pushing the envelope. He's coming to the parameters of the domain that God has given him, and he wants to go outside of those parameters because it looks so good. What good is it to live in a territory that looks good when it's outside of the will of God? Trying to lay a foundation down just before we go, because I told you this is a parenthetical. Notice what verse 11 says. Verse 11 says in Genesis 13, then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan and Lot journeyed east. And they separated themselves from one another. You got that? Lot was happy. Abraham was sad. Because Abraham was relationship oriented and Lot was wealth oriented. Abraham was sad. And you and I will know this next week because Abraham has to pray for this boy. This boy gets into a lot of trouble and Abraham has to show up to help him. Abraham said, because Abraham is the one that wanted to include Lot into God's call for his life. But that wasn't God's purpose. Am I making some sense? Lot has to operate on his own grounds. He comes in under the auspices of Abraham. But Abraham said back in chapter 12, Abraham, just you and your house. Just you and your house, not your cousins. Even if they're kissing cousins, they can't come. Not your cousins. Pray for them. I can take care of them where they are. Lot, just Abraham, just you and Sarah and your servants. See, but Abraham had this love for this boy because he had lost his dad early. That was Abraham's brother. 
So Lot is riding on a ticket that really doesn't pertain to him. That's what our text will clearly teach us. Look over again at verse 11. Lot chose him all the plains and Lot journeyed east and separated themselves one from the other. And Abraham dwelled in the land of Canaan and Lot dwelt in the cities of the plains, pitched his tent towards Sodom. Here it is. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. I'll pick that up next week. That is not our emphasis today. What will be our emphasis before we move on to our next point is look at verse 14. And the Lord said unto Abraham, after that lot was separated from him. See, God was pleased with the separation because God had a purpose with his servant Abraham. After Abraham is going through all the squabbles and everything with his little nephew and God's not talking about it at all. You don't hear God in any of this. God shows up as Abraham is wiping the tears from his eyes because his little nephew is headed to San Francisco 49er country. (laughs) And then God whispers to Abraham, Abraham, chill, dude. You and I are still on point. Chill, dude. We're still on point. Did y'all hear what I just stated? Abraham, chill. He's talking. See, when you're in a situation where difficult choices have to be made, you really want to hear from God before you make those choices. You want to hear from God while you're making those choices. But even if you make choices before you hear from God, I want to hear from God after I make the choice. Because I might still be able to course correct. If I made a mistake, Lord, help me. You should be smart enough to know how to pray for that. Lord, talk to me if this decision was rooted in my flesh. Because he's not talking to Lot at all. Lot's not hearing from God at all. Point number one, wrong choice making by Lot brings us to two propositions. One is a choice is a what? A choice is always a seed that you sow. Galatians chapter six, verse seven. And eight. Never forget that. We are always sowing seeds, ladies and gentlemen. Every decision we make is affecting our environment, affecting our resources, affecting our relationships, affecting us mentally, emotionally, psychologically, spiritually. Every decision we make. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever man sows, that shall he also. What? That is the reciprocity of choice making. That is the reciprocity of choice. And this is why God tells you and me to be two things, humble and also wise. And in order to be wise, you got to ask God for help. If any man lacks wisdom, let him do what? God help me because I know if I sow a bad seed, I'm going to have consequences that are not going to be good. See, now I know a few people, raise your hand if you know what I'm talking about. A few people do the rest of y'all. I don't know where y'all been in your life. (laughs) A lot of us are living with the consequences of wrong choices right now. And so what we're dealing with with our brother Lot is that he is not remembering that if he does not regard the seed that he's about to sow, when the harvest comes, that seed is going to bear forth the fruit of its own nature. And that's what we're looking at right now in our account. Verse 8, Galatians 6, 8. For he that soweth to the what? Now, I want you to get it. Abraham was sowing to the spirit. And Lot was sowing to the flesh. Abraham was sowing to destiny, 
predicated upon promise given to him in prophecy in the person of God. And he was doing it by faith. He was trusting God and Lot was operating out of the things seen, not the things unseen. And Lot moved towards the perimeters, the edge. Lot was at the edge. He was at the hedge and he broke the hedge. And whenever you break the hedge, you will be bitten by the serpent. Lot is about to be bit by the serpent for pushing the envelope. Am I making some sense? That's exactly what's going on in our text. So point B, Lot chose the what? He chose the flesh. Y'all got that? He looked up and he looked out and he saw way down the road. In fact, what's interesting about this, I got you for a little while. What's interesting here, and this is just uh, historiography right now. Uh, the land of Canaan wasn't plush territory all throughout its region. That's one of the wild things about Canaan, the promised land. Uh, it would be by the time the 12 tribes are moving into it. But right now, it's a lot of open space that really needs a lot of development. But that's often what God does with you and me. He gives us a promise that requires development when we get on the inside of it because he's teaching us to walk by faith and not by sight. And he's teaching us to see things the way he sees them before they show up. So that Abraham knew how to wait on the Lord in the midst of the land, even though it was going to have some real instability ecologically. Remember, Abraham's going to deal with two famines at least. Israel's always dealing with famine. Now, God is the God of the supernatural and he can fix ecological conditions anytime he wants to. And he will bless that land over time to let Israel know if they obey him, he will cause the heavens to open up and pour down waters and, and foliage will occur and trees will occur with fruits and vines. Every man will be living in the abundance of what the uh, what we call eschatologically his own vine tree and his own fig tree. And we know that God can do that. Can God do that? Does anybody know that in the midst of a general famine that God can bless you to where that famine doesn't even impact you? You should know that. See, like God is not inhibited by even the brokenness of his own uh, geological, geographical um, conditions. He's not limited. He can bless you in the little quarters in which you are. And God often does that, does he not? You'll see everybody around you struggling. And God has given you a line of water to, to satiate your little resources and keep feeding you in Jesus' name. And you know God has been good to you. You know he's been good to you and you need to give him praise for it and honor him for that. All right, because that's the Bible. That is the Bible. The reason we go to hell is because we don't thank God enough for the blessings we have already. Right. And so this is what's going on with, with Abraham and Lot. Lot's pushing the envelope and he's choosing the flesh. And Romans 8.13 reminds us of this. Romans 8.13 says this. I just want you to capture it. For if you live after the flesh, you shall what? And we're learning this in our Friday study as we're dealing with the works of Satan and how he has been given the power of death. Death is not merely first and finally physical death. Death is a process that starts with separation from God. Is that true? See, whenever you and I separate from God, you and I are going to walk in the diminishing qualities of life. 
And didn't I just say to you that Lot now is being separated from God? He's going his own way. And even as a believer, once you do that, Jesus says, without me, what? You can't do a thing. I'm talking to the believer today. Lots of believers just lock that on up. Okay, scratch your head, but he's a child of God. But what he's about to prove is that God is not a liar. When we sow to the flesh, we're going to reap of the flesh corruption and we're going to reap of the flesh death. And Lot is going to start experiencing death in everything that he has. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall what? I think that Lot, right at the moment in which Abraham said, man, you go your way, I go my way, we'd be cool. I think Lot should have said, where you go, I will go. Where your people are, they're going to be my people. Where you live, I'm going to live. Where you die, I'm going to die. Where you are buried, I'm going to be buried. The Lord see to it that he never separate me from you because I know that I'm blessed for your sake. But he chose the flesh because he was ignorant of the grounds upon which he was there. All right, so here's another little lesson for you to learn. It's extremely important for you to learn this. Lot made the mistake of thinking that it was all about him. I told you in the beginning of the message that you and I don't start anything. You and I are coming in in the middle of a conversation, in the middle of a story, and sometimes in the middle of a blessing. And when you're in the middle of the blessing, you really need to know who is the primary person being blessed. Because you might just be there as a kind of addendum, an added blessing, but you need to make sure that you don't change the story, mess up the script. Again, what, what Lot is doing here is thinking that he can be the captain of his own destiny. He's thinking that he's free to carve out his own course. That's not true for Lot and it's not true for you and it's not true for me. We think we're free to make choices and do what we want to, but they always have what? Consequences. And that's what's going on with our dear brother Lot. Look at chapter 14, verse 1 and 2. Now, when Paul says, watch out, because when you choose the flesh, when you choose the flesh, death is going to occur. They're going to be, they're going to be, uh, variables of separation that take place in many dimensions. I'm getting ready to help you with one. This is how you and I know when we're walking in the flesh. Are you ready? We always are having trouble with somebody. And it's not rooted in God's righteousness. It's rooted in our presumption that we can go where we want to, do what we want to, how we want to, without asking the Lord to guide us in our steps and determine where we go is what God wants us to do. God made that clear to Israel. Remember what he said? If you obey me, I'll make everybody to be at peace with you. If you disobey me, I will make sure that everyone is a thorn in your side, pricks in your eyes. And every day you work up, you got to fight somebody. And this is a picture of the struggle of the new man versus the old man. Is that true, child of God? I'm trying to make an application. One of the ways you know whether or not you're right with God is when in the proportion of the conflict between the new nature and the old nature, you are able to manage that old nature. Am I teaching you guys that right now on Tuesday and Friday? It's managing. You're not eradicating the old nature. You're managing him. (laughs) You're caging that fool. 
And you're doing a thesis on all of his diabolical methods by which he tries to hoodwink you and get you to do something that's contrary to your identity in Christ. You're getting your Ph.D. in your carnality. Am I making some sense? Because that's called being mature in the faith. We got to know his wiles. We got to know his methods. We got to know his strategies. And you got to know how the flesh works. That's why Paul gave us Galatians chapter 5, 16. The flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. Gonna always be the way. But when we're walking in the maturity of the spirit of God, we will see God grant us the ability to contain, contain our fallen nature. Contain it, not subdue it. Contain it. Am I making some sense? Not subdue it. So that you are walking in the spirit and not in the flesh. When you're walking in the flesh, the flesh is ruling and the outcome is going to be strife and war. Here it is. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. These are contrary to one another so that you cannot easily do what you want to do. That's God's mercy, by the way. When he disrupts your life, when you're walking in a strong delusion, I'm going to unpack that a little bit more in a moment because Lot was looking at something that was massively deceptive. Just like most of us are looking at a world and it's deceiving us. The world you live in is deceiving you right now. I'm letting you know that now. The vast majority of my Christian brothers and sisters are constantly being hoodwinked by optics, by images, by promises, by the assertion that this world is really well watered, almost like the Garden of Eden. I'm going to come back there. I'm going to come back there. So Lot chose the flesh. So look with me at Genesis 14, 1, 2, and 12. Let's see what happens when Lot goes on down to the area of Sodom and Gomorrah and the regions round about. It came to pass in those days, Amraphel, king of Shinar, Ariah, king of Alessar, Kedileamar, king of Elam, and Tidal, king of the nations, that these made what? These made war with Bera, the king of who? And with Beersha, king of Gomorrah, and Shabna, king of Abda, Adma and Shemir, Shemeber, king of Zeboim, and the king of Bela, which is Zor. These are all the cities around which Lot is hanging out. Hey, guess what happened? Lot bought some property on the outside of Sodom about 10 minutes away, thinking that he could go in and do business and come out and hang out and play Christian. He bought some property right on the outside of Sodom. That's what he did before he moved on the inside. Because that's what you do. You get close. And then when you think you can manage it, you didn't step on on the inside. Am I making some sense? And so he had done that. But what was going on? He had been there for years now. I'm going to tell you the parentheses period between Lot going to Sodom and Gomorrah and God taking him out of Sodom and Gomorrah is almost 25 years. He goes in single. He comes out a widower because he gets married. He has four daughters, not two, four. Y'all know that. And so that takes a little time. Doesn't it take some time? I mean, you know, in our day, no, you can get all that in about a year, but I'm just saying It took some time. So what we're talking about is how sin will lead you closer to it. 
and you'll get right up on it and then you'll think you can have authority over it. And the next thing you know, you're deep, knee deep inside of it, only to find out it was designated for war by all the enemies round about. Now the economy is about to collapse completely. Because I've already told you, war produces famine. Famine is the collapse of economy, and that's what's getting ready to happen. Look at verse 3. Verse 3, 14, 3. And these were joined together in the valley of Sedin in the Salt Sea. Verse 4, uh, four let's walk through, sis. Twelve years they served Catalea more, and in the 13th year they rebelled. That is the kings of Sodom and all around. They all rebelled against this king because they were like the, the big dogs in our world today that actually have control over our governments. Anybody keeping up with me? Somebody asked me a really important question the other day. And I said, you guys, we need to really learn. Our government doesn't really run anything. They are puppets on a string controlled by powers and economies way bigger than them. They are prostitutes for products and policies that are global in nature. And you and I are the little pawns on the table. And what Lot did not realize is that he was going into the midst of a major war because he didn't read the fine print. He didn't read the fine print. Lot, you needed to get out two years earlier. And so what's happening now, Lot is in the midst of a major war. And this war is going to take out the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah and all these other. And guess what the outcome is going to be? Lot is going to be taken into captivity. Look with me over at verse uh, verse uh, eight. And there went out the king of Sodom and the king of Gomorrah and the king of Amma and the king of Zeboam and the king of Bela, the same as Zor. And they joined battle with them in the, the valley of Sidim with Caledimor, the king of Elam, with the uh, Tadal, king of nations and, and so forth. Four kings with five. And the vale, our valley of Sodom, was full of slime pits. And the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah fled. That means their, their army was routed and wiped out. And the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah fled and fell there and they remained fled and uh, that they remained fled and those that remained fled to the mountains. Here it is. And they took all the goods of Sodom and Gomorrah and all their victuals and went their way. See, this is where the dominating kingdoms now come in and, and confiscate everything. Y'all got that? I bet you Lot didn't get that in his text. I bet you that didn't come up in his tweet. He was reading other data that gave him false graphs about his income always going up. And I've already told you that at every structure of our information system, they have confiscated it and controlled it at the level of lying to you about outcomes. You cannot trust the structure of our economic system. Wall Street is gained. The medical industry is gained. The political situation is gained. Even our ecology today is gained. You and I are in a Truman story and you need to know it. This is why so much around our world is collapsing and your media is talking like nothing's going on. Anybody listening to me? So what bothers me about Christians, too, is how easily we buy into the narrative. We are not willing to be discerning, particularly if the narrative is promising them prosperity. See, that's a lot mentality. See, listen, 
Lot chose Sodom because Sodom would be convenient. And the vast majority of people we know are trapped by a mindset of convenience. But convenience will always lead to compromise when you're choosing a process for prosperity rather than the promises of God for destiny. And that's where my boy is right now. He's waking up today realizing that the government, a new government from around the world, another government is coming in and taking everything that you have. I love this. Can y'all put up with me? Let me share something with you. Sometimes the truth hurts. Lot is getting ready to get a wake-up call. Arise, move, and go. We are out of time today. We'll close our program out here and pick up where we left off next time we're together here on Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastand. Thank you for spending a few minutes with us today. We trust it was profitable in your walk and relationship with Christ. Our goal here at Way of Grace is to make sure that you are growing in Christ, that you are living a life worthy of the calling that has been placed on your life from the gospel. If you have questions, comments, prayer requests, as always, you're welcome to reach out to us here at Way of Grace. Our phone number is real easy. You can reach out to us at 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. You can also reach us at our website, grace-bible.com. And you can email us from that website as well as find out more about us, who we are, what we believe, worship opportunities. In fact, our worship opportunities are really quite simple. Sundays at 1030, we meet here at the church in Hayward. We also have a Friday evening Bible study at 630 and then a Tuesday evening prayer and Bible study at 630 as well. For more information, again, grace-bible.com or call 510 510- 886-9782. Reach out to us by mail if you want to write 22768 Main Street. That's 22768 Main Street, Hayward, California. The zip code is 94541. As always, it's a pleasure spending time with you here in God's Word, growing in His grace. Until next time, may Christ be your way of grace. I don't care what they might say. We love Jesus anyway. I don't care what they might say. We love Jesus anyway. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.